Hello, and welcome to another episode of Music and Therapy with Relationship Coach Kiana W. Mitchell. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. Well, guys, how are you this week? I hope you are having an amazing day. Now, I am super happy, super excited, and that's because, well, first, the weather is good. Now, I don't know. Whenever the weather is good, I feel good. (laughs) So the weather is amazing. But then I'm also excited because last week for me was very productive. I got a lot of things done. Like last week, I mentioned to you how I was starting my Finding God podcast. And so last Friday, it aired. And it was my very first episode. I was very pleased with it. The interview was amazing. So guys, if you have not had a chance to go listen to that yet, you can go and look up Finding God. And it is in Spotify, Apple Music, wherever podcasts are available. Not Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, I should say. Wherever podcasts are available, Finding God is there too. So you guys can go listen to it, check it out. Let me know what you think. So I did launch that podcast, and I've been doing a lot of things. I have been working on music. I have been doing a lot of things. So in the midst of doing all these things, I still have my regular responsibilities. Like I'm a wife, I'm a mom, my kids are doing virtual school. There's still a lot of things going on. I got to take them to get to the doctor, eye doctor, dentist. Things are still happening in my life. But the only way I'm able to manage any of these things is because I think it's because I'm extremely organized. Organization for me has always helped. And it's funny because I'm organized when it comes to things that I need to get done, but then I'm not so organized in other areas of my life. But organization is helping me and has always helped me do a lot of things at once. I am not a multitasker, okay? I will tell anybody, multitasking is not for me. To be honest, multitasking for me is actually, it sets me back, to be honest, because I can't do all these things at once and do them well. And my whole thing is I like to do things well. I don't like to start here, never finish, or start this thing, half do it, go into the next. No, I like to do everything that I'm doing really well. And if I see that I can't do it really well, then I'm just not going to do it. So what I've come to the conclusion for me anyway, I have not multitasked. I don't multitask. I try not to multitask because it doesn't work for me. However, what does work for me is having a calendar. On my calendar, I write down everything that I need to do. And don't laugh at me, but I actually have four calendars. One calendar is for um, podcasting. Another calendar is for my personal life. Another podcast, another calendar is for music, and another calendar is to keep up with my certifications and what I need to do, read, study, etc. So I have all of these calendars, and I write in them every weekend, usually on, it's either on Fridays or Sundays, that I write my calendar, write out what I need to do in my calendar. And throughout the week, I go through everything in each one of those calendars, and I get it done. And I have a set time, like in the morning, I work on podcasting and completing certification in the afternoons I work on the music and my personal stuff so I have a lot of things going on but a calendar has helped me if you guys have anything you're trying to do think it would be impossible to do for instance I know I'm always talking to you about your dreams that you may have but I do this because I want you to know that it's possible it's feasible you can do this so if you have a dream that you're working on right but you also have life and job and everything that comes along with life I don't want you to give up on your dreams thinking oh I can't do this because I'm already too busy no it's possible you can still work on your dream and if you have to start off with maybe five or ten minutes a day working on your dream 
then go ahead and do that. It's better to start with five or ten minutes a day than not to start at all. And I know you're thinking, five or ten minutes, that's not really a lot of time. But it is a lot of time. Listen, when you have one thing that you're doing for five or ten minutes, right, and you're focusing on it, like laser focus on that thing that you're doing for ten minutes, ten minutes can be as productive as an hour if you are intentionally focused, you know what you're doing during that time, and you follow through and carry it out. Even if it is just one action a day. One action a day gets you closer to what you're trying to do. Just like one step that you take gets you closer to your destination. One mile that you drive gets you closer to your destination. Same thing is true for one actionable step a day. Here are just some ways to stay organized to make your dreams happen and to come true. First, have a calendar, and which is what I do. Have a calendar. Make a list. Plan what you need to do each week to get you closer to your goal. And then each day, make sure you put down a manageable task. So if you only give yourself a half an hour to work on something that you want to work on as far as your dreams and goals are concerned, you can't give yourself five or six things to do. You can only give yourself one or two things to do. And make sure that at least one or two things to do are things that you can manage in that time frame. Or even if you need one thing that you need the whole week to do, as long as you finish that task and you get closer, these are just some ways that can help you. Now, these are just some of the things that you can do to stay organized and that can help you reach your goals. But there are many other things that you can do to help you stay organized and also perform at a high level. If you have any tips that you would like to share with any of us, just go over to the Music and Therapy Facebook page and leave me a message telling me your tips for staying organized. I would love to hear from you. Today on the podcast, I would like to talk about how childhood trauma can affect your relationships. Now, many of us don't realize this, but the things that happened to you in your childhood has a significant effect on your adult relationships. Over the weekend, I had a chance to sit down and actually read a book. Now, I've always loved reading, and most of my childhood was spent reading books about politics, relationships. Now, mystery books, I love mysteries. Encyclopedias, oh, I used to love encyclopedias. And novels. So, I remember spending the majority of my summers just being curled up on the couch in the living room or just laying in my bed, just reading a book and letting my imagination run wild. Now, there were, those were actually some of the best times of my life and of my childhood. However, now that I'm an adult, I do not often have the time or the luxury to sit down and read a book. So usually what I do is I download books on Audible and then I listen to them on the go, which is helpful, especially when you are cooking or cleaning or riding in a car, you can listen to a book. But something happened last week. So last week, I just suddenly had an urge to read a book. I had an urge to hold a book and actually like sit down and read. Went to the local bookstore in my area and I bought some books to read. Now one of the books that I purchased was a book by one of my favorite artists and I do have a lot of people I listen to when it comes to music and so when I say favorite it's like one of many because there are several people in that favorite category. One of my many favorite artists is a rap artist named Lecrae and he has a book called Unashamed. Now I had already listened to his second book called Iron Restored and that book was on Audible. 
and I loved it. So naturally, of course, I wanted to hear the first book because when he started the second book, he mentioned something like, you know, after reading my first book, you thought I was okay. I thought you guys thought I was finished with this, that, or the other. So he's like, but I wasn't. And that's how he started the second book. So, of course, I'm sitting up here like, well, what happened in the first book? Because I haven't read that yet. When I got a chance, I went Friday. I went, got that book. And I spent a good part of my Saturday afternoon reading the first few chapters of the book, Unashamed, which was the first book. And then I Am Restored was the second book. And let me tell you, I was not disappointed. I found the book to be riveting. And if I had not promised my daughters to have a watch the new Godzilla and King Kong movie with them that night, I probably would not have put the book down. Now this has to say something because I absolutely love Godzilla movies and King Kong movies. But if I am willing to like skip watching it for a day or two to finish reading the book, then you know the book has to be good. Because I had promised them that I would watch the movie with them, I did put the book down. But in the book, the author, he talks about how he ex experienced a lot of childhood trauma and how this has such a huge impact in his life. So as I was reading, I began to think about how things we experience in our childhood, good or bad, have a significant impact on our adult lives and our relationships. As I was reading the book, it made me think about how things we experience in our childhood, good or bad, can have a significant impact in our adult lives and in our relationship. I asked myself, what is childhood trauma? Now, I know what childhood trauma is, but I wanted to get a more in-depth idea of what childhood trauma was and how it can affect your relationships. So I went and I looked it up, and according to the National Institute of Mental Health, Childhood trauma is the experience of an event by a child that is emotionally painful or distressful, which often results in lasting mental and physical effects. Childhood trauma happens when a child experiences or observes a negative event during childhood, and due to the shock of the event, the child develops psychological trauma. It's possible for children to experience interpersonal trauma, which affects their relationships, and they can also be affected by trauma that happens to them because of parental decisions. An example of interpersonal trauma includes emotional, physical, or sexual abuse, experiencing or witnessing violence within the family or at home, experiencing or witnessing violence in the community. Um, an example would be a civil disturbance, armed conflict, asylum-seeking trauma, etc. A child who is emotionally or physically neglected may develop trauma. Now trauma could also stem from a caregiver or parental trauma. An example of those would include a parent who is incarcerated, a parent who abuses drugs or alcohol, parental ill health, parental separation, or a divorce. Trauma may also be caused by national or natural disasters such as earthquakes, floods, hurricanes, and act of violence. Um, an example would be mass shootings, terrorist attacks, and another example I would like to just throw out there could be a whole bunch of civil unrest could also be something that can cause trauma, not just in children, but in adults as well. And in other life-threatening situations, they can experience trauma as a result of a motor vehicle accident, etc. All of these things can, and they do have a lasting impact on children. And without counseling, all of these things have the potential to affect the child as they go into adulthood. Now, according to the ACE study, there are 10 different types of childhood trauma across two categories. There are personal categories and environmental. Traumas of, personal, of the personal type include emotional neglect, 
physical abuse, physical neglect, sexual abuse, verbal abuse, emotional trauma relates to the family members, and that includes having an alcoholic parent, living with a mentally ill family member, having a mother that's in a victim of domestic violence, or the absence of a parent following abandonment, death, or divorce. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, finds that children who experience adverse child experience, or ACE, are more likely to become future victims or perpetrators of violence. Researchers have also found a strong correlation between ACE and disruptive neurodevelopment, social, emotional, and cognitive impairments, adaption of health risk behaviors, disease, disability, social problems, and early death. Now, some of the effects of childhood trauma in adults can be anxiety, depression, substance abuse, social difficulties, health problems, lost opportunities, low self-esteem, lack of direction. All of these things can be a result of childhood trauma. And it just shows that when the child experienced this trauma, it was not dealt with. They didn't get the counseling. And so as they got into the adult stage, it progressed. And this is what has happened. Now, here's the thing. Think about it. Anxiety and depression, that can cause problems in a relationship. Substance abuse, it can cause problems in a relationship. Having social difficulties or problems like with um, socializing and interacting with other people can cause issues in a relationship. And I'm even going to go as far as to say when it comes to social difficulties, not being able to express yourself can also cause problems in a relationship. Health problems are caused. Lost opportunities, because if you don't know how to socialize and You've had a lot of trauma. Maybe you don't have a high self-esteem, but you have a low self-esteem. And so low self-esteem can lead to lost opportunities because you're not going to trust people enough to put yourself out there to try to get opportunities that you see because your self-esteem is low or you may have pe- problems interacting with people. Lack of direction is another thing because if you've experienced trauma, let's say abandonment, you're probably thinking, well, you know, my parents didn't want me, so if they didn't want me. Then no one's going to listen to me. No one's going to take me seriously. There are a lot of things that can go along with childhood trauma. And the thing about childhood trauma is all of these things don't just affect the person who has had the childhood trauma. It affects people around them. So if you are married to someone or dating someone, or if you are someone who has experienced trauma as a child, then some of these symptoms and some of these things that have happened to you as a child is also can be affecting you as an adult. Now, all of these things can cause major issues in your marriage and in your relationship. So it doesn't matter if you are the one dealing with the childhood trauma or if your spouse is the one dealing with the childhood trauma. What affects them affects you. And what affects you affects them. Some people don't even realize how some of our childhood experiences are affecting our relationships because we don't even recognize that some of the things that happened to us in our childhood was traumatic because it was normalized either in our homes or in society for example getting spanked now i've heard many arguments on both sides and some people see getting spanked as a form of child abuse but then other people say it can be seen as punishment it just depends on how your family or the people in your environment viewed it however there have been cases where people who got spanked it had a significant effect on them and that for them was a form of childhood trauma which as we know now that spanking your children really doesn't work and all it does is show them a pattern of violence 
So it can be seen as a form of child abuse and less as a form of punishment. But we're just seeing that now. And back in the day, many people did not see this and a lot of kids got spanked. Now, in some homes, verbal abuse was the norm, but it was viewed as I'm toughening him or her up. I'm just letting them know what the real world is like and I'm helping them not to be a punk. I'm helping them not to be a sissy. It was accepted. However, we all know that verbal abuse is traumatic for a child and it's abuse and it should not be used in any way, shape, or form. Verbal abuse does not toughen people up. Instead, it tears them down. But it depends on the way your extended and your nuclear family view trauma and discipline. That will determine whether your childhood trauma was normalized in your home or not. When something is normalized and everyone's doing it, you may find yourself doing the same thing, but you don't even know that what you're doing is abusive or traumatic because it was something that was the norm in your house. This is how it can go on for generations because one generation had verbal abuse or physical abuse, and to them, it was something that was normalized in their home as a form of punishment, as a form of toughening people up. So they, in turn, take what they've learned and pass it on to their kids. And they do the same pattern of abuse and give their children the same trauma that they had as a kid because this is normal. This is what they do in their family. And then you know how it goes on. Their kid takes that same thing and they keep going on and on. Now, here's another thing that you may not think was a form of childhood trauma. Having your feelings minimized as a child or being told not to cry can also be seen as a form of childhood childhood trauma. Why? Because you're teaching that child to hide their emotions. You're teaching that kid not to be honest about their feelings and you're teaching them not to feel these feelings. You're making them feel like being a baby, this is not important, you shouldn't be crying, which is a form of trauma because you are making this child feel like it's not okay for them to cry. They can't be who they are. They can't even express their feelings of crying. So that could take away their feeling of control, which as they get older can lead to them maybe acting out or maybe not being able to show their true feelings or not being able to feel like they are in control. And so in order to gain control, they may do other types of behavior to start acting out so they can have a sense of control. All of these things can create trauma and traumatic experiences in kids. And if you have experienced any of these things, and these are just some things, I mean, the list can go on and on about things that could have happened to you in your childhood. For example, I know when my kids were younger, we were living in Alabama, and in 2011, we had a tornado. It was really bad. It wasn't as bad as the, well, it was bad. It was like a whole system of tornadoes that hit from like, Birmingham, Tuscaloosa, all the way down to my area, and it was really bad. We didn't have um, electricity for a week. Homes were destroyed. People died. It was terrible. Moving forward, like, it happened in 2011. Later on in 2011, I think it was a couple months later, we had the threat of another storm coming through, but it wasn't a severe storm. It was just like thunder lightning. But my kids freaked out. They went, they sat in the tub, they got their blankets. They were traumatized by the experience that they had in 2011 with the natural disaster of the tornadoes that came through. And even now, my kids, when they hear storms, they freak out. They like panic. They get so scared and they start packing up all their stuff, sitting in the tub. They're nervous. They're afraid. They have anxiety. And why? Because... The storms in 2011, even though they were very young, I think my youngest was two, 
had a two-year-old. I think I had a, a two, four, and five-year-old. But it was traumatic for them. And so even now, and they are 12, 14, and 15, even now, storms freak them out, storms scare them. You see how things that children experience can be traumatic for them. If you have had a traumatic experience as a kid, and maybe just listen to the podcast now, you realize that you've had one of these experiences, you can see how it has played an effect and how it has had a negative effect on your relationships and on your life. What do you do? I mean, we can't go back in time since it's impossible to do that. We cannot go back in time. We can't change the things that we've experienced as children, partly because it's impossible to go back in time. And another thing is a lot of things that we experience as kids happen because other people did them to us and not because we did anything to ourselves. Even if we did go back, we would probably have the same experience because the same people would have raised us, the same people would have been our guardians, things wouldn't have changed on that end. We would probably experience the same thing over again. Since it would be impossible to change what has happened to you in the past, how do you move forward with the trauma that you've been dealt with, that you had to deal with as a kid? Well, here are some ways to deal with that, okay? One of the many ways, and this is the best way I think to start dealing with childhood trauma, is to identify what the trauma is. It is so important to identify what has happened to you that caused you trauma in your childhood. By naming the trauma, you are opening yourself up to acknowledge what has happened to you. Acknowledgement is crucial for you to begin the healing process because you cannot heal from what you don't acknowledge. So once you acknowledge what has happened to you, then you can begin the process of healing and moving on from what happened to you as a child. Many victims of childhood trauma often spend years minimizing the event or dismissing it by pretending it didn't happen or like it wasn't a big deal or they succumb to feelings of guilt or self-blame. The only way to begin healing is to acknowledge that a traumatic event did occur and that you were not responsible for it. Next, reclaim control. Feelings of helplessness can carry well over into adult years and it can make you feel like you are a perpetual victim and then you'll start acting like a perpetual victim, which causes you to make choices based on your past pain. When you're a victim, the past is in control of your present, but when you have conquered your pain, the present is in control. So here's an example. Let's say you were victimized as a child. As you get older, you take on the personality of a victim. You were victimized as a child, then something else happens to you, and you're like, well, this always happens to me because nothing good really happens to me. Something else happens as you get older. Of course, this would happen to me because bad things always happen to me. You see how this thinking can progress. You keep thinking bad things happen to me. So when things do happen that may not be so bad or just life happens, you will perceive it as bad things always happen to me. And what you say and what you believe, you're setting yourself up for failure because you will perceive events in your life by what you believe. So the victimization could have happened to you as a child, but that does not mean that everything in your life is happening to you because bad things happen. So once you reclaim control and you realize that you are not a victim and that you can control the present. You couldn't control the past. You can't control the past, but you can control the present. This can only happen when you've conquered your pain and let the present be in control. 
there is always going to be a battle between past and present. But as long as you are willing to let go of the old defenses and crutches you use as a child to navigate your trauma, you will be able to reclaim your life now and heal your pain. Another thing that is important to do is seek support and don't isolate yourself. A natural instinct that many trauma survivors have is to withdraw from others, but this will only make things worse. A big part of healing process is connecting with other people, talking to other people. So make the effort to maintain your relationships and seek support. Talk to a trusted family member, friend, counselor, and consider joining a support group for survivors of traumatic childhoods. Take care of your health. Your ability to cope with stress will increase if you are healthy. Establish a daily routine that allows you to get plenty of rest, eat a well-balanced diet, and exercise regularly. Most importantly, stay away from alcohol and drugs. This might provide temporary relief, but it will inevitably increase your feelings of depression, anxiety, and isolation, and even worse, your trauma symptoms. Another thing you can do is learn the true meaning of acceptance and letting go. Just because you accept something doesn't mean you're embracing your trauma or that you liked it or even agree with it. Acceptance means that you decided that what you're going to do with it is to let it go. You can decide if you're going to let it rule your life or you can decide to let it go. Letting go doesn't mean poof, it's gone and you never have to worry about it again or that you're going to pretend it didn't happen. No. Letting go means you no longer are allowing your bad memories and feelings of a bad childhood to rob you of living a good life now. Something that's very key to do is replace bad habits with good ones. Bad habits can take many forms, like negativity and always mistrusting others, or turning to alcohol or drugs when, feeling, when your feelings become too hard to bear. Bad habits can be hard to break, especially when they're used as crutches to help you avoid reliving the pain and the trauma of your childhood. Now, a support group or a therapist, which I do encourage, please, a therapist can help you, and they can help you learn the tools necessary to break these bad habits and replace them with good habits. Another thing that I want you to do is be kind to yourself. Be patient to yourself. Don't rush yourself. When you have been seriously hurt as a child, you develop out-of-control emotions, helplessness, defense mechanisms, and warped perceptions that are difficult to let go of. So it's going to take you a lot of time and a lot of hard work to let go of these feelings. Don't think that just because you're working on them one day that they should be gone the next. That's not how that works out. You can start working on something, but it could take years. But the point is, each day gets better. Each day gets easier. And each day, you will begin to experience less symptoms. So be patient with yourself. Honor your progress. Celebrate your steps that when you move forward and when you made progress, no matter how small your steps may seem. It's the little victories in your recovery that will eventually help you win the battle of healing your childhood trauma. And another thing, don't try to do this by yourself. Seek the help of a professional therapist or counselor so they can help you navigate through these feelings. And I say it all the time because if you could have fixed this yourself, you would have. But since we're still dealing with this, then you can fix this on your own. And it's important to seek the help of a professional counselor. So go to a counselor, talk to them, and begin to get help so that your healing process can begin. Healing from childhood trauma is never easy. However, it's necessary to do not only to have a healthy and thriving marriage or relationship, but also to make sure that we learn from the past and that we're not doing the same thing to our children. The last thing you want to do is to pass on the trauma that you experienced as a child to your children. The way to break the cycle 
is to get help, get counseling, and begin the healing process so you can do things differently with your children. Now, it'll take a lot of time and hard work to let go of all of these feelings, but it's something that you can do. Childhood trauma is something you can heal from. You can heal from the childhood trauma that you've experienced. You can get to a good place in both your life and your relationship, and you can eventually move on from the childhood trauma that you've experienced. The song that we're going to listen to today is called Moving On, and it's about a woman who realizes that she's at a point where it's time for her to move on from a painful time in her past. It wasn't supposed to end this way Our love was so strong I thought it would stay But people and things got in the way Now I have no words to say What started out so beautiful Was easily erased You said that we should separate Because you need
Before I end the podcast, I would like to thank BetterHelp for their continued support of the Music and Therapy podcast. BetterHelp is a counseling online service, and they are there to help you. Their goal is to help people become the best version of themselves that they can be, which is in line with what we want to do here at Music and Therapy. So I'm extremely happy to work with them. Now, BetterHelp is not a do-it-yourself kind of thing. It's not one of those things that you do for self-help. BetterHelp is actually licensed counselors and trained professionals who are there to help you navigate through the most difficult times in your life. Now, we talked about childhood trauma today. And if you've experienced childhood trauma and you don't know where to go, then BetterHelp can definitely help you. BetterHelp has licensed professional therapists and counselors who are knowledgeable and certified in their area of study who can help you navigate through the issues that you are dealing with. For example, here are some of the things I love about BetterHelp. It's not a traditional wait in the office kind of thing. You can meet with them online. So because it's online, people can meet with them in the United States, people can meet with them in Europe and in Africa. They can help anyone anywhere in the world. Why? Because they are online. They are flexible. You can talk to a counselor within 24 to 48 hours of signing up for services. They will match you with someone who will be able to help you. You can talk to a professional who has a specific expertise that may not be in your area. Why? Because they are online. Another thing that I love about BetterHelp is that they actually help people who don't have the money or resources to give counseling. And that's the thing that I love. So there's like, they're not holding counseling back from you because you may not be able to afford it, especially if you have lost your job because of the pandemic or have financial issues. They have scholarships available. They even have financial aid available so that you can get the help that you need if you are desperately in need for help. BetterHelp is available and BetterHelp is willing to help and serve you. So if you would like to get more information about BetterHelp or sign up for services, what you can do is click the link in the show notes and in the link, that's the link to BetterHelp. And we also have a promo code. And the great thing about the promo code is that if you put in music and vibes, that's our promo code, they will give you 10% off of your first month of service. So if you are in need of BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, go check it out. Click the link in the show notes, put in the promo code, and you will be on your way to begin the process of healing. I would also like to thank you guys so much for listening to me. I enjoy our time. I can't tell you enough how much I enjoy hanging out with you, spending time with you. So thank you guys so much for listening. It's appreciated, and I just love you guys. Thank you so much. Now, on that note, I want to invite you to join our Facebook group. It's not the same without you. I miss you. I want you in the group. So go ahead and join our Facebook group, and it's easy to do. There's a link in the show notes. Click on the link and join. And I made it easy so that anybody can join. You don't have to wait for approval. You don't have to wait for anything. Just click the link, put join, and you are in. So I hope I see you in the Facebook group soon because that would just be amazing. Join our Facebook group. I also want to encourage you to follow the podcast on Spotify or Apple Music or iTunes, wherever you're listening. Go ahead and follow the podcast. Also, leave me a comment. I would love to hear your thoughts on the show. And then I also want to encourage you to share the podcast with a friend. There are people out there who need to hear some of what we're talking about. And because you are able to listen to it, and if you know someone who needs to hear what we're talking about, go ahead. Share the podcast with a friend. Sharing is caring. By sharing, you are sharing the podcast. You're helping to grow our community. And you're also 
caring enough about your friends and your neighbors to share and let them know, hey, these are just some things that you can try out if you are dealing with these issues. Now, if you guys want to contact me, it's easy to do. I have all of that information in the show notes. It says join me on social media. So yeah, click on any one of those links. You can send me a message. You can DM me. Whatever you want to do, you can go ahead and do that. And I promise you, if you send me a message, I will respond to you. I think that's all I have to tell you. If you guys make anything else, send me a message. Let me know. Any questions you want answered, go ahead and let me do that. Now, I've started this before, but I think I'm going to start it again. I'm going to try next week to do a Facebook Live. And I think I might start to do it every Friday or Thursday. I need to figure it out, and I'll let you guys know when I do. But in order to find out when I plan to do my Facebook Live, you have to be part of my group. So join the group so you can know when I'm going to go live on the Facebook Live. And then you can just automatically ask me questions. Like, you can listen to the show. Any questions you want answered, you can just type it in, and I can just answer it in the chat. So I'm looking forward to setting up something like that for you guys so that we can really connect and get to know each other. So have an amazing week. Enjoy your time with family and friends. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye. It seems like we are happy, but what?